Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. And here's your host, John Chapman. What is going on, Faithful? Ah, this, all right. This game was incredible. This weekend was great. But I just told Wade, and I really feel this way. I was so excited to get back to the mothership here, flying back from Arizona, to talk to Wayne. Because one of my favorite things is, like, the way he sees the game is awesome, so I'm just so pumped about this. Wayne, how are you? This show is going to be awesome. Can't wait to just break this down with you, man. Yeah, I went to bed dumb early last night, and I woke up. I said a prayer, you know, and I said, whatever you do, God, just let the Eagles lose. And oh, you I didn't woke- make it to the end of the game. No, I'm asleep. I woke up. I woke up. And I said, oh, we number one. Oh, we still number one. Oh, and we going to be number one. I was like, yes. Separation has finally started to settle in. The Niners are currently in the driver's seat. They just got to continue to do what they do week in and week out for the next three weeks. Just win the damn game. Ah. Man, it, it's all. I mean, now, like, and we're going to talk about, like, the playoffs. We're going to talk about the Niners game, obviously. But, yeah, let, let's talk uh, just about what we saw. Like, the Eagles lose three in a row. Yeah, look at Mike C giving me flowers. I appreciate it. He said, last few weeks watching the Eagles coaching staff respond really showed Chapman's opinions on Sirianni to be correct. Look, it, the system that they run there, which I kind of respect, is so simple. It's probably one of the simple offense and defensive schemes in the NFL. It's keep it simple, stupid. Let's let our athletes. They got a great roster. Let's just make it simple. They don't have a lot of penalties. They just kind of everything is chill. But Nick Bosa went out there and showed him, look, this is all you got to do. He showed him. And he even said at the press conference, we gave you all the blueprint. Hopefully they follow it. Well, guess what? Not once, not twice, three times in a row. Ah, oh, man. Yeah, I love it. So now the Niners got a huge, huge. You already had the tiebreaker advantage. Now it's essentially a two-game lead for the NFC West one seed. You got three games left. You can lose one game and still be fine. You lose two games, probably not. But, you know, we'll talk about the 49ers' schedule and all those things. But, man, I just really – look, here's what's crazy to me, Wayne. The 49ers have played the Seahawks five times mm-hmm. in the past two years. Mm-hmm. The Eagles have played them once. The Eagles have more losses to them than the 49ers do in those five matchups versus one matchup. You know what's funny? Pete Carroll owns the Eagles. <laughs> he does. He, the NFL is a matchup league. People don't understand that. People don't. They don't. They, and they don't want to respect it. You know, just like 
Uh, it's it's early, too early, two weeks early, maybe three weeks early to talk about it. But Kyle Shanahan on Sean McVay, and I know in that one game, if Kyle Shanahan had a quarterback, he would have owned him in that game too. Yep. yep. So like now that Kyle has his guy, it's gonna be a little different, different come uh, playoff time because you're going to see a little different different from Kyle Shanahan. So, look, all I'm saying is it's a matchup league. Um, the Eagles can't beat Pete. It doesn't matter what Eagle. It didn't matter if it was Vince Young, whoever the quarterback was, as long as Pete Carroll was coaching, they couldn't beat him. Yeah, and I think that's the difference between them having Russell Wilson to us having Brock Purdy. Like, you talk about a seesaw effect. And real quick, one of my favorite clips all year, Steve Wilkes. I love Steve Wilkes right here. This league is all about, you know, each week is matchups and different things. So, it, 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 Like, we can play the game. We beat this team by that much. They should beat this team. But that's just not the way that it goes. Teams build themselves differently. How do the Seahawks build outside in? How do the 49ers build inside out? So certain matchups will benefit us that will not benefit them and vice versa. And so with the Eagles, you're starting to see it now. You're starting to see it. Um, they go out, they lose three consecutive freaking games in a row. So let, let's pull this up. Let's look at the NFC playoff picture. Let's play with the – let's see what we got right now. 49ers are one seed by a considerable margin. We'll talk about the tiebreakers here in a second. But if the playoffs were today – Cowboys are the two against the Rams. That'd be the 2-7 matchup. You got Lions at three against the Vikings six. That's the 3-6 matchup. And then now the Eagles are a wild card team. They're, they're not getting a home game. And we know how much home field advantage in Philly is. Like, that's their thing. Now they're going to have to play three road games to get to the Super Bowl. On I don't the road so. again. And that would be the Bucks against Eagles in that 4-5 matchup, man. So what stands out to you as far as just these playoff seedings? If the playoffs were to happen today, we're only three weeks out. When I tell you that I'm in love, not infatuated, not natural brotherly love, I'm in love with the NFL. Because the way the NFL is set up, it's like a never-ending story. And you can have your outliers, right? The teams that stand above the rest. When I tell you it's a dog fight, look at the Rams. No one respected the Rams. No one. Except for me. And I kept saying they're going to be in it at the end. Now you got the now you got the Seahawks scrapping. Okay, the NFC West that looked very weak over the several weeks of the NFL are creeping back in, especially if the Vikings get weak. Here's what's about to go down, fam. The Vikings got to play the Lions this week. I'm loving every minute of that NFC North battle because I think Ooh. the Vikings want to win. Yeah. I, I, they want in. They don't I'm care if they got Kirk Cousins, Cousin Kirk, <laughs> Captain Kirk. It don't matter who. They just want in. And so I'm loving it. You got Justin Jefferson coming back. The NFL wants that, right? Uh, Jordan Addison is coming of age. We know about Jordan Addison. That's if you're a 49er fan, we know all about him. So I'm loving it. And then you got the freaking, I never thought I would give this man props. But Baker Mayfield is playing the best, worst football I've ever seen in my career. Like, yeah. he's good. His stats suck, but he's winning. And so that's the NFL. When you look at the outliers, the Niners are just in the driver's seat. They did what they needed to do. They lost when they needed to lose. They fixed themselves when they needed to fix themselves. There's only one team that can beat the San Francisco 49ers. Correct. It's we'll the San it's, Francisco it 49ers. <laughs> it's it's like, us versus us. 
It's us versus us. Shout out to Darren at 808 and all the hashtag uh, BBs for the Breezy Brunch and the hashtag CCs for the you know countdown crew. Dar- Darren says this, and this is what the NFL's made us do. Can't believe I cheered for Dallas last week in Seattle yesterday. Feel sick to our stomach, but here's what's crazy. It worked out to the 49ers' advantage because here's the thing. I hate the Cowboys more than anybody. I hate the Seahawks the second most out of everybody. But do you know what? Even as much as I hate those guys, I love the 49ers that much more. And so if something benefits the Niners, that's what we're going to do. Like you said, you went to bed because you couldn't do it. You were tired. You didn't want to root for them. I get it. I definitely <laughs> didn't. Not one of those teams did not. Yeah, I will say this. I'm kind of upset that the Seahawks finally realized Geno Smith's not their quarterback. I was hoping it'd be another year till they made that smart decision. Um, I don't think Geno's getting that job back, man. I, I, I will say Drew Locke started off shaky. That's when I fell asleep. But he finished strong. There was yeah. a pass to Jackson Smith and Jigba that I saw that I not every receiver can catch. It wasn't the greatest throw, but it was a throw to where only his receiver can go get it. They catch it. They win it. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, no I shout out to this, the Seahawks. My, but yeah, my favorite part, I don't know if you saw the clip at the end of the game. It's going around on Twitter now where Drew Locke is after the game trying to find Jalen Hurts to shake his hand. That's pretty customary. The coaches go say what's up. The quarterbacks go say what's up, whatever. He can't find them. And so he didn't know a camera was auto, but he's like, where's Jalen Hurts at? Well, I guess he's still sick. And then <laughs> turned around and walked up like, dude, that dude has no chill. That's and dope. I freaking love it, man. That's dope. Uh, you That's got AJ dope. Brown. He's trashing fans on Twitter this morning, which is awesome. I mean, they're just, you got. You they know, bitter, bro. They got yeah. their ass handed to him by the San Francisco 49ers. And they ain't been right ever since. I tried to, we tried, you know, John. We try to we try to tell people without telling people because we don't want to say that like we know it all, but we were trying to explain that after they beat the Eagles, it was a wrap. Like it was a wrap. Like the Niners went into their home and yeah. destroyed them. And not once for not one second during that time where those those fans knew off that first sack by Hassan Reddick on Brock Purdy that they were going to take Purdy out again. And Purdy took him out, literally. Yeah, I, I want to talk a lot about, you know, Brock Purdy. We're going to go over some of the MVP talk. want to talk about some of the efficiency that the Niners are doing that just separates them um, just from everybody else. Love all the super chats coming in. What's up, Joe? He says, hashtag CC now Jerry Rice here. Thank you, man. Appreciate all the support. This is awesome. The whole community's here, man. Let's, let's hit off some of these super chats. Um, and we're going to keep talking some more playoffs. Nicholas Parra, the godfather himself, had such a good time hanging out with them in Arizona and the family. He says, what a great football weekend for the 49ers fan base. Arizona was amazing, but we're not done yet, family. Hopefully we stay healthy and win six. Man, and, I, and look, we had such a great time. Now, Nick and his family are just the best. We they had are. over 800 people come through on Saturday night for our event with Patrick Willis, which went really, really well. The, the amount of people was a little staggering, but we were able to take care of everybody. And then we had an awesome tailgate the next day, which was a blast. It was so cool, man. So, And now we're excited, and I'll put this out there. Now, the 49ers have clinched the NFC West, so that's done. We will be hosting a playoff game at Santa Clara, so we will be throwing a playoff tailgate. Uh, we're going to get that up on the site, but we don't know. It's probably not going to be wild card weekend because we have the buffer. Uh, it's probably going to end up being, 
you know, the what's it called for the divisional round. Mm -hmm. But we'll deal with this. Shout out to my man, Michael Pickle, who was helping us out all weekend, too. You and your wife are incredible, man. Absolute pleasure hanging out. He says, what a game, what a weekend. Rush Road Trip did not disappoint the people, the whole Rush team, the Smiths, you two rock. They do, man. They're great people. Para family there. And that's what it's about. You know, when, every time I get on a bike at an event, I always have to say this one thing. If you leave here without meeting new people, you failed the fan base because we are different. We bring together people. We enjoy things together. And this damn season is special. Michael, appreciate you, man. You're the best there is, buddy. Um, and right here, Corey Robbins, another great one. Appreciate the super chat and the super sticker. You are absolutely like just your generosity knows no bounds. So let's jump now. This one's a little bit harder to see, and if you're not watching on YouTube, that's okay. We still love you. We're going to do our best to explain the visuals as they come across. The new seedings, okay, one through seven. We went through the playoff matchups, but let's talk about why the 49ers basically have a two-game buffer. Okay. Um, and so walk us through that, Wayne. Well, I mean, currently they're the number one seed, and they have the best record, so that's going to give you that one-game buffer. And then if you still want to factor in the fact that they hold the tiebreakers, uh, I'm not sure if that's where you were going. I mean, it, it does. So, like, let's say that the 49ers just decide to win, right? It's if for In order for them to clinch the one seed, all the other teams got to lose. So Detroit has to lose, uh, Dallas has to lose again, and Philly has to lose again. Those teams lose all next week, and we beat the Ravens. Then it's all over. The Niners will probably rest players weeks 15, I mean 16 and 17, and it'll be like ready for the playoffs. With That'll be a three-week bye for some of those players. That'll be really good. And so you don't have to worry about it. But let's say if we lose to Baltimore, Baltimore will be the only other game I think the 49ers will lose. If they had to lose, it would be that right. one. Why? Because it's a non-conference game, which means it ain't going to affect the 49ers like it would affect because they want to remain with one loss in the NFC. That means that the Niners get that extra game because all they got to do is beat the commanders on the road and beat the Rams at home. They'll still have first place at the end of the season. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, so the conference record, so division records, the most important, but the Niners already won their division. So now you the division. Clinched. We, we've clinched that. Now we're past that. So then it's head-to-head, -head, which we beat Dallas. We beat the Eagles. We haven't played Detroit. However, they're 6-3 and three in conference. We're 9-1. and one. There it is. We got two games that we could lose in conference. Then you get into crazy tie breaks, strength of schedule, victory, all that kind of weird stuff. But we don't have to worry about that. There's, I don't think that there's a way that the 49ers lose both to the commanders and to the Rams. Correct. And plus, on top of that, Detroit would have to win out, which I'm not sure they could do that. So the one seed's there. And the least important game, I know that. It's Monday Night Football. It's the number one seed in the AFC. It's the number one team in the NFC. It's Christmas. It's going to be incredible football-wise. But from an NFC playoff seeding and from an AFC playoff seeding, it's the least important. It's the least important game for both of these two teams. So, now, can, let, let, let's just briefly talk a little bit about the, the matchup from the outside looking in, right? Because when you look at these two teams, you know, John, 
these two teams played in 2019, the year the 49ers went to the Super Bowl. Let's see if you remember some of this stuff, right? So Ooh. in 2019, they played. Guess what month they played in? I oh, that was the crazy tear. Whatever, uh, what's his name? Chukwaski Tart had that fumble, right? Yeah, it was December. It was late. It was no, it was early. It was the first week was in it? December, right? So it was a December game because there was no snow yet here on the East Coast, but it was crazy rain. It was a weird rain type of game, oh, not monsoonish, right. but rainy, right? And so I remember being there. On top of that, these two teams in 2019, their records were ten and freaking two, bro. They were the top of their of the conferences in 2019. Who are top of the conferences in 2023, John? Yeah, it's same. It's With same. 11 and three, are we really doing this? It's crazy, man. And you know, on top of all that, the spread is the 49ers are five and a half point favorites against Baltimore. Five and a what? half. What? It already opened almost a full touchdown already. Dang. This team is not the same team as all the other teams. No, it's and not. It's not. I, I don't have the correct graphic. I did. I, didn't I know what you meant though, but and 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 it's not. It's not. But but the, but I I to buffer to bring the game into its fru like you know fullness of whatever. It's two dynamic teams. It it's is. to me. It's the most dynamic team of the AFC and the most dynamic team of the NFC which is going to make Monday Night Football probably the most televised Monday Night Football of all time. It's going to be a blast. Everybody's going to be home. They're going to be tired of their families by that point. And so then it's like you got to turn the game on. You got to do what you got to do. Let's just be real. Kids are already tired of their gift. Dad put everything together. They're pissed off. Mom, like I'm telling you, it's hey, let's just turn on the TV and watch grown men hit each other. And let that calm us down. I love uh, it. Don't bother me. What's up, Steven? How you doing, brother? He says, I can't see the poll question. Yeah, YouTube's been weird with poll questions lately, so let me just put this out there. And I want you to put it in the chat. So let's look at just the 49ers-Arizona Cardinals game because it was incredible. My question is, who was the player of the game for the 49ers versus the Cardinals, in your opinion? I gave four answers, and it's pretty close. Charvarius Ward, he had two picks at a pick six. Christian McCaffrey went all world, all ham like he always does. Three touchdowns, over 150 plus yards. Brock Purdy threw four touchdowns, no interceptions. And Demo Samuel goes out there with another multiple touchdown game. So based on the 100 or so people that have voted right now, and I love this because this would be my vote. Charvarius Ward is currently number one with 37%. Brock Purdy, 36 McCaffrey, 25%. Debo not getting a lot of votes. So, Wayne, I, I want you to kind of tell us who, in your opinion, deserves the MVP. Now, here's the problem with the Niners. There's always so many damn good answers. I don't think there's really a wrong answer here. Yeah, look, man, usually it's an offensive weapon or juggernaut, but if you want to know who changed the game, it, it it started with the Mooney War pick. It was definitely the swing, and it yeah. changed the momentum of what was going on. It let you know that the defense was seeing the field, and it, they were really aiding and betting, you know, Kyler Murray to throw that ball across the middle of the field. It's kind of like they were setting the tone. So it would be Mooney War for me and my vote, and it's well-deserved. I feel like he's been having 
you know, a really good season. A lot of people feel like he's been up and down. I, I never really see that. It's just depending on how he's targeted. Is he getting is he getting targeted with double move guys or is he getting targeted with straight guys that's trying to turn run down? He, he was leading the league in PBUs and people don't like PBUs. And even the players don't like PBUs because PBUs are like pressures, right? <laughs> you you want the sacks and you want the interceptions. So I get it. Those are the results. Uh, but the results are finally in. And how cool is it for a guy to go out there on 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 a podcast uh, the third and long park podcast with eric armstead and say man once i get my hands on the ball because the interceptions are coming next once i get my hands on the ball it's I, i'm it's a wrap basically and he did exactly what he said he practiced what he preached my favorite press conference i hate that they put him last because i don't think a lot of people like watched all the player press conferences here we go here's the clip Travis ward i freaking love this man oh uh, yeah so it was cover three um tight end 85 mcbride i saw him kind of like running over if he would have continue to go, I would have to let him go. But as soon as he sat down, like he turned into my man. And as soon as he sat down, I kind of like, I just drove on and kind of threw the ball kind of late. You know what I'm saying? I caught it and I didn't break, didn't, didn't break stride. Oh, I freaking love that dude, man. Does anybody else get the DRS uh, vibe from Charverius Mooney Ward? Remember the gangster lean? This song's dedicated <laughs> to my homies and that gang. He got the gangster lean shirt on. Nobody peeped it. It's just me. Damn, man. I'm so old. It ain't even funny. There we go, man. Um, right here, Chase says, did you see Duckettville beat North Shore for the title? Duckettville's the school I coached at for like a decade. And gotcha. So back-to-back state champs, the biggest division um, in Texas football. That's right, back-to-back. This is my year, Wade. I'm sorry, bro. We've Do it, got baby. Duckettville, Texas. title, baby. You got the Longhorns. I'll see going. you. Niners, I'm with you. We flex it. I'm uh -huh. just And the Dallas Mavericks Chapman, suck. Bro. No, I'm just no, playing, hey, bro. Hey, come on, man. We always win the first month of the season. That's ours. Come on. I'm just messing with you, bro. <laughs> I know it's hard, but I still love them. I still love them. But I'm just saying, we got three out of three. Uh, which which I'm all right. We'll see. We we've got some college football stuff. You and me, we're gonna have to have a side bet on some stuff, man. I'm just saying. Hey. Just saying. Hey. Uh, it's going right here. Gold Blood, thanks for the super chat. He says, Wayne, Breezy, and John, what scenario opponents would y'all prefer Ooh. the 49ers to run into? So Ooh. we did this a little bit last week, but as the weeks go on, it gets clearer and clearer. Now, if the 49ers are the one seed, which I think we have to operate under that premise now. Last week, we did a little bit of either or, but moving forward, we're the one seed until otherwise. You have to play the lowest seed. Um, that's Because the, the NFL playoffs reseed. So, you've got to pick one of the five, six, seven seeds currently, right? Sevens Rams, six Vikings, fives Eagles. Which one of those three teams? Let's rank them. Let's do it. Easiest uh, versus most difficult out of the Rams, Vikings, Eagles. Honestly, I think the Bucks would be the easiest in my opinion. I think I think you go Bucks, uh, and I'm not going because of their record. I'm just I just like the way we match up well against the Bucks. Then it's the Vikings. I know the Vikings beat us, but they don't have the dynamic. They don't have the big gun arm and Kirk Cousins. And so uh, you got to go Vikings next. Nick um, Mullins game. Right. And it'll be Nick Mullins versus his old team. So you would love to see that. Um, next, I'm going to go Lions. I think the Niners match up really well against the Lions. I know we haven't played them, but we own Jared Goff. So I'll leave it at that. All right. Then... Then it'd be the then it'd be the oh this is tough. 
You know what's still funny? Said Rams. I haven't, still haven't said Eagles. You still I, haven't said Cowboys. I would go Eagles next. I I think the Niners would, wow. would 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 do due diligence against the Eagles. I think they have the blueprint. And this is not you know me taking a shot at them. And if it is, oh oh well. Uh, then you know what? Then I'm gonna go Cowboys and then the Rams. The only team I don't want to see is the Rams. We have not beat the Rams in the playoffs. I know you don't believe me, but we didn't. I don't know if you remember. That's the one game we haven't beaten him. And if Sean McVay gets his boys into these playoffs, that's going to be, and that ends up being the NFC Championship game, it's going to be tough, even though L.A. will be coming up north. So I don't want to see the Rams. It's another division game. I want to sweep them at the end of the season and leave it at that. But how remnant will it be? We play them at the end of the season, and then we see them in an NFC Championship game. That would be crazy. Rams have a little bit of a tough stretch because they're going to have to go at least – Two out of three. That's fine. In. Um, they've got Saints at home this week. That's not an easy that, game. They've got they at win. Giants, which, okay, they should win that one, but Giants have been kind of weird. Then at win. the 49ers. So they would have, in order for them to play us, they would have four consecutive road games, which definitely isn't easy. It's not, but we've seen it done before, John. We've seen yeah. the last seed in the NFL win the Super Bowl not once, but twice, the New York football giants did it two times against the same team, the New England Patriots. There you go. There, so I'm just saying, go. like, don't let that underdog underdog get in. Look, people keep sleep. People think the Rams are weak. Um, look, they got a great running back. Matt Stafford is still good. They got rep weapons at wide receiver. The only issue where they struggle may be defensively. Uh, but they still got one of the best defensive players in the, NF in the NFL on their team. And if they get all the way there, you got to respect them, right? Yeah. It's going to be tough, like you said. But they got if they get there, that's going to be crazy. Right here, Joe says, man, the Ravens ruined my Thanksgiving. I remember that. That was the Thanksgiving Harbaugh Bowl, and then they beat us in the Super Bowl. There's a little bit of bad blood. I actually like the Ravens, but, yeah, I still got a little bit of, like, all right, I don't really like these guys. He just couldn't beat his big brother, man. That, that's yeah. kind of what it came down to. We talk about matchups. It's like big brother owning the little brother, and that, that's always how it usually is. I think the little brother let him win. Yeah. Check out Terradome. I saw your a uh, little bit of your uh, show this morning. It was awesome. Send a message. Serve notice. Win like a mug. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. Ed, John Wayne, the Niners are not letting Baltimore come into Levi's on Christmas and let Baltimore beat us. No way. Now, Baltimore is good. And, and, like, I understand the 49ers are the best team in the NFL. You go out this week, and I want to use this to transition into a little bit of MVP talk. Look, right now, here's the MVP odds. Brock Purdy's the favorite now, minus 199. Lamar second, plus 460. Now, here's the one area where I'm just like, I believe in Brock above all else. Brock against best competition is best Brock. Look what he did against the Cowboys. Look what Always he did is. Against, uh, whenever the game is important, this dude is cold-blooded. All right. Coach. Do, do, do. <laughs> Blooded. Do, do, do. Hey, got the, let me go get my bass guitar. But seriously, no, you, you just, you're speaking life, man. Uh, but just to just give a little bit of flip side, Lamar Jackson doesn't lose to NFC teams. And so I just – I don't understand – like, I don't understand. I go back to 2019, and I know they're two different teams, but the way they ran Lamar Jackson, the way Lamar Jackson ran in that game, there was a Greg Roman offense. It was a little different. It was a lot of RPO, a lot of one read. More, It was more Colin Kaepernick's 
esque in that particular game. It was just like here, nope, take off and run, opposed to like really reading uh, what was out there. Um, but he looks a little different this year, but he still has the ability to do that. Now, the Niners have been really well, doing really well against mobile quarterbacks. My issue is they got to zero in on Lamar, F the sacks, and just make sure they contain again. If they yeah. can do that, they'll have similar success, but I wouldn't be surprised if this game is close. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Gamboler on Twitter, at Gamboler. This looks 8-bit. Uh, it does. I screenshotted it, and it was late, and I was like, oh, no, I need to enhance it. I did it, but that's okay. I don't mind 8-bit. Dude, some of my best memories all time are 8-bit graphics. Absolutely. Um, Brock Purdy has now moved into 10th all-time on the 49ers pass touchdown list uh, okay. with 42. He's only, he's done it in 23 games. Brock Purdy's played in 23 games. That and he's number period. 10? Well, guess what? He's about to move to number one in uh, passing yards of all time I'm just, as a 49er. That crazy? Isn't that crazy? So now if we look at just he's 205 yards away from passing for 4,000 yards this season, Correct. which has not been done since the year 2000. And number five, Jeff Garcia. It's been 23 years since we've had a quarterback throw for 4,000 yards. And I feel like this has been the year of first. We had CMC, the first 1,000-yard rusher since Frank Gore did it. Way back in the day, Brandon Ayuk, first 1,000-yard back-to-back receiving yards from a wide receiver since way back in the day. Like, this is just a year of, I don't know, overlap, renewed nostalgia, golden era, whatever you want to call it. Like, I call it just time. them being trendsetters, right? It's a yeah. whole different era, whole different type of ball game. Rules are different. The game is different. It's back to the quarterback. Uh, being a quarterback throwing league. Uh, and, and when you look at what Brock is doing, I, I remember arguing with somebody at the beginning of the year that telling me Brock ain't going to throw for over 4,000. Wayne, I'm you like, don't argue with people. What are you talking about? I, yeah, I do. <laughs> what do you mean? He got. He not going. Now he has. A, he's not there yet. He's only two hundred yards away. But this dude needs four hundred and eighty something yards to get to break the record. And and, and there's three games left. That's one hundred and sixty one yards per game. If you tell me Brock is going to throw less than hundred, now this week might be a little different. I ain't going front. Like they, they might throw less, run ball more. They got to play one of the top. John, did you know that you got the top two defenses playing this week? Number one, number two, man. Yeah, that's the thing. I understand Lamar Jackson gets a lot of the, you know, and rightfully so. He's one of the most electrifying players in the history of the NFL. He's incredible. But the thing that separates the Bra or the Ravens from other teams, it's defense. Their defense is great. Now, before we get to them, and we're going to Friday show on Wayne's oh, yeah. channel, yeah, you, which is in the top John, thing of all this. John brings the game plan, baby, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to spend all day Friday, so that's going to be 10 a.m. Pacific time over on Wayne's channel only exclusively, so y'all got to go. It's right here in the top link of the description of this video, podcast, whatever you are. One, it's just free. Go follow. Hit support. Uh, it's what we do. Now, this is a clip I wanted to play just from Kyle Shedahead when he was asked about Brock Purdy. That he can see the whole field, and there's nothing that he can't do. Um, he has a poise out there. He can see it. He can react. When he doesn't have the time for stuff, he reacts and finds a way to get it to a, just a check down and try not to take a sack, or he creates and can get someone off schedule. He's had great command of our offense and just running it, but also the amount of plays he makes throughout these two years um, has been as many plays of any quarterback I've ever been around. 
on how much he does. So he's he's been a stud. Dude, it's awesome. I, I love it. I freaking love it. We got a Merry Christmas here from Rick Diaz. Now, uh, back to this whole Purdy conversation. Shout out to Ben Baldwin who puts this out, uh, all these efficiency and pass graphics and charts. This is the EPA per play, passes, rush attempts, penalties, everything. So every single play offensively, and it's measured against pass blocking grades from PFF. Okay, so the higher you are on this chart vertically, the better, more efficient you are. The farther right you are, the better your offensive line is. So again, me trying to explain this to the audio listeners that aren't watching currently. Brock, how far is Brock Purdy above everybody on this list? Uh, <laughs> Looks like Buzz the damn Light years star away from everybody. <laughs> He's up there, man. Galaxies and galaxies far away. Uh, he is at the very top, top, top of the chart. Nobody is within two tiers of him. And then if you look at right to left. He's below average because the 49ers Don't do not away. have a great pass block situation going on right now. Mm-hmm. Aaron Banks is struggling. Jake Brindle is struggling. Three consecutive games in a row. The center left has been bad. John Valenciano has been amazing. But collectively, what Brock Purdy's doing with this offensive line, it's unbelievable. It's just so weird to me um, how great this kid has been. And here's what's crazy. I, I looked up. You know, I was on um, just pro football focus, just going through all kinds of different metrics. Here we go. These are the four metrics that they measure every single game uh, for quarterbacks. Okay, this is his pass rate in all four uh, categories against the Cardinals. When he was kept clean, no pressure. He had a 115 passer rating. That's incredible. When he was under pressure, he had a perfect 158.3 passer rating. Mm-hmm. Brock Purdy has been blitzed nine times by the Cardinals this year in two games. He went nine for nine. He didn't – every single time they blitzed, he completed a pass this year. Yeah, he's the number one quarterback against the blitz. And it's, so um, we've talked about this several times. Like, please blitz Brock. Please. Like, please. But, like, okay, then we look at when he's not blitzed, a 125.4, which would be leading the Still NFL. highly efficient. When he – yeah, and under pressure, when blitz, perfect pass rating again. Like, how do you find a weakness in what this guy's doing? Yeah, it's it's tough, right? And, you know, I think his ability to not just see the field, but process quickly um, and, 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 and make the accurate throw, right? And so when I went and watched the film, I just finished the offensive film, and I, when I'm going through it, and I'm like, all right, man, Brock had a couple of throws that I thought were a little off tangent, but he didn't make the mistake, right? He didn't make a mistake in it. Um, he threw it to where only his receivers can kind of like go get it. Then he had a couple of drop passes. Let's just call a spade a spade. Like, yeah. so, so at the end of the day, like there was a drop pass by George Kittle and there was a drop pass by Brandon Ayuk. And then there was an overthrow to Brandon Ayuk or however you want to look at it. So those are plays that, you know, when you listen to Brock talking the presser, yeah, man, we still could be better because they're missing on some of those home run plays. Right. And yeah. so when you have a quarterback that, can hit a home run when they step up to the plate that's what that's the that's the game changer right like oh shoot he's going for a home run here and when you looked at that first one that he threw to brandon Ayuk, yeah brandon Ayuk might not have scored a touchdown but the ball literally hit him like right in the rib cage man like he just got to catch the ball so like these are game changing moments that we're seeing and i think the reason why we feel the way we feel we haven't felt, I mean, speaking for myself, John, I haven't felt this way 
since 1994, bro. Like, I feel too confident, and it's almost like I just want to chill. Yeah. Uh, but I feel confident because you have a competent guy back there, you know, executing the plays. It's weird, man. And I love this, Sodia. She says, I mentioned that I'm offended you didn't have Sam Darnold on the poll because he should have lit it up whenever he stepped in for Brock. It's just the system, right? Uh, Sam Darnold came in. I think he ended up playing about 12 snaps in, uh, you know, trash. He's time garbage. Let me just tell you how garbage he is. Look, I, and I don't like to talk about our people, players like that, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like, if God forbid, if anything was to happen, like Kyle's got to scrap whatever and just let Sam Darnold play Sam Darnold football. I, I, like at that point, because if you're asking him to run the system, he, he I don't think he's it. I don't think he's it. Yeah, I, it's rough. He didn't get to his first read at any of them. So like that's all he could do. Sam Darnold's first read quarterback. So if you play some press coverage. It gets bad, and that's what happened. You know, he had a 10 QBR, which measures like 0 to 100. Brock had a 93.1, <laughs> which is unbelievable. He had a 10. There's a big drop-off there, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, we Hopefully that don't happen. But, uh, you know, the amount of teams that can win a Super Bowl with the backup quarterback, I think it's like two teams in the history of the NFL. Um, and so, you know, you got Nick Foles and I don't know who else. Somebody might but, be on But that. Nick Foles, to his defense, was a starting quarterback in the NFL at, yeah, at one point. but so was Sam, right? Right. So that's – and I think that's why they went with Sam, period, because he's had starting experience. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, you Good go mark. with the guy with the, the experience. That's a dope Blitz shirt, too, by the he way. He knew. He says, John, are you wearing the NFL Blitz Brock T-shirt? I sure as hell is. I sure as hell is. I know that's not correct grammar, but I felt it whenever I said it. So it's what is what it is. Now, um, back to MVP talk. Um, so you've got Brock one, Lamar two, Dak four, Josh Allen five. CMC is not even top five odds. And I understand that everybody like it's just not happening. No matter how good he is, twenty touchdowns. He's got a two thousand plus yards. It's a quarterback only award. Tyreek's not even top eight. So you look at offensive player of the year for the first time in several months. Tyreek's been banged up, injured, whatever else. CMC has overtaken for um, offensive player of the year. He's at minus 165. Tyreek's at plus 106. Mm. So if you want to go double down and bet on those things, hey, I'm just telling you, if that's what you want to do, here's where you do it. You know sports, and you pick winners all the time. So why not get paid for them at MyBookie? MyBookie has the biggest online selection of odds, contests, for all your sporting and betting needs anytime, anywhere. You can bet on NFL, NCAA, or, this is pretty fun, I love this, you can bet for the fences, um, buy on the all-new money bag. So what happens is, you go. it's a one-of-a-kind type of opportunity. You just place your bet, spin the wheel, and you get ready to score epic odds on teams, athletes, events, all those things. It just increases those. So it's like a bonus spin to give you even better payouts and better odds, better chances to win. All you got to do is sign up for free today. Use promo code 49ERS or scan the QR code next to me, and you can claim a deposit match of any amount up to $1,000. Again, that's promo code 49ERS to claim your deposit bonus. It's not just a sports book. It's a community. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. 
All right, there's a couple uh, comments that we've got to get to, which I, I'm excited about because there's just so much awesome. Uh, shout out to JP, man, good friend. He says, I told y'all in the offseason Debo was getting back to all pro. I, I truly do believe he's the best player in the NFL this past month. Like he would be my yeah. player of the month, which yeah. is crazy because we got three options there. But what Debo's doing right now is unbelievable. And, and I agree, man. Like Debo's just, he's he's just locked in. Let, let's just leave it at that. Debo, Debo Samuel is, is just super locked in um, and he continues to just make strides and he's healthy. I, I, I think that's the key to Debo Samuel being great. It's just him being healthy. You get him the ball, he's going to make a play. Dude, I love it. Right here, Smoking Diner. What's up, Kenneth? He says, John, what a weekend. My nephew had a blast. Uh, felt like I was part of the family union, the crew of the realists. I think your nephew won two jerseys. He won a trivia wow. and he won a raffle, which was really, really cool. Um, yeah, Kenneth, you're the best, man. I uh, really appreciate all the times you get. And got to see the wonderful Miss Debbie. I hope you're feeling better. Uh, greetings to you. Hope everything's all right. We, we were even on the same plane. It was kind of cool. I get on the plane um, with Patrick Willis, which was kind of neat. But I saw Miss Debbie and I lit, lit up like a Christmas tree because she always makes me so freaking happy um she, she's the best johnny he talked about this earlier and i wanted to talk just a little bit about this how the 49ers are in a tier unto themselves one of the best metrics i could find right now the 49ers offense has turned the ball over the least of any team in the nfl the fewest turnovers in the nfl the 49ers defense most turnovers in the nfl like has there ever been that much of a discrepancy from a team that protects the ball at all times and then the defense that just goes and takes the ball away at all times like if there was a metric you want to lead in i think it's points then turnovers right yeah yeah because you know turnovers gives the other team you know opportunities to score they change the game they change the momentum and so from an offensive side you don't want to give giveaways right you don't want to give the ball to the opposing team uh, because it just puts your defense in a bind, a lot of things. But on the opposite side, you want the turnovers, right? You, and, and here's the cool thing. The, the Niners are number one uh, in turnovers. They're number one in interceptions. I know they have, what, uh, nine fumbles. They had five forced fumbles in this game. Unfortunately, they didn't recover any of them, but they jarring that ball loose. Oh, yeah. And you know who fumbles a lot this year? Lamar Jackson. Just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Um, right here, I got to give uh, credit right here to my main man, Wayne, right next to me. I don't remember which one of y'all said this. this is Thomas. Uh, one of you guys said the 40 hours broke the Eagles. That was Wayne. He was screaming it from the mountaintops, man. <laughs> and so uh, not only do I remember, but uh, Pepperidge Farm remembers. Here we go, Brad. Um, John, are you hosting a rush party for the Ravens game? I am not. Uh, my, my wife said... I could do Thanksgiving or the Christmas one. I chose Thanksgiving up in Seattle, which was awesome. Um, I'm going to the game, but my wife said I'm not allowed to host any events or tailgate. So I will just be there as an observer. But I'm excited. My son's flying in from Texas, so the whole family will be there for that one. Uh, that's going to be fun. Uh, right here, I'm going to turn this one to you, Wayne. Oscar's question. All right, Oscar. He says, you guys hear the rumors about Sue. Uh, any thoughts? I think he adds depth, but if we don't add him, we need to find someone uh, to solidify the interior D-line. Too many missed tackles from and a weak line. Uh, you know, Kyle talked about, you know, not really pursuing the Sioux uh, situation, particularly this year. Uh, that was yesterday, um, but I don't know what it would be today. He might change up. Now, it probably depends on the health of uh, Hargrave and um, Eric Armstead. 
Kyle said that, you know, he, he's planning to get them back soon. So me personally, I'm with Oscar. I think you go get a, a, a savvy vet that can just do what they do. Like, and, and you had a bunch of young players out there. I mean, there was plenty of times I've seen, I saw Khalil Davis on the ground, took out Kevin Givens. I'm like, wait, you can't take your own man out. And so like, like to me, and now Khalil Davis has the high ankle sprain, so he might not be ready to go. T.Y. McGill didn't look super great. I think they need to get some good veteran presence in there. And the Niners have been adding vets to certain rooms. You brought back Jason Verrett. They got Logan Ryan. Do they get a vet just to finish out the season and add some really good depth there, John? Yeah, you got to do T.Y. McGill. You know, he's a vet. He's had a great career. But he had three missed tackles three. playing mock-up dude. Like, his snap rate, he got 29 snaps, which is a lot. But when Kalia Davis went down, uh, that hurt. So, you know, Spencer Wagey, he's on practice squad. I'm scared about that. Like, he's not a run stuffer. He's a pass rush defensive tackle. Stacking injuries is always a concern. So, it, when you lose two top 10 defensive tackles, we saw what that cost. And so, that's something that I really, really hope. Uh, I really hope they kind of fix that just a little bit. Now, uh, one of the things that we've been doing that I wanted to jump in is my cause, my cleats during uh, shout out to Aaron for this idea. We just highlighted different 49ers charity every single week um, in the holiday spirit. So uh, Brock Purdy's my cause, my cleats. This is one that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, the child advocates of Silicon Valley. And if you're not in Silicon Valley, there are child advocates for every single county in the United States. This helps foster kids. Um, so whenever a child gets removed for whatever reason, it gets placed in the custody of the county or the state. Um, they get assigned what's called a CASA worker. This is somebody that stays with the kids through every transition. Foster kids jump houses a lot or shelters and through the adoption process. Miss Joanne, uh, for those of you that don't know, foster adoptive parent right here. My boys had this lady, Miss Joanne, who still mm -hmm. sends some birthday presents and stuff that helped them. My boys lived in nine different foster houses and shelters before we got them. But they had one CASA worker that just was with them the whole entire time and even helped through the adoption process. Mm. And so this gets those. Everybody loves kids. And if you're in Silicon Valley or around, that's what Brock's going. You can just go to the links in this uh, description of this video. Childadvocatessv.org um, slash donate. Just go there, or you can just type in CASA workers, whatever county you're in. It just helps just make things comfortable so that the kids have one commonality through all the transitions that are going on. If you can't give money, you can volunteer. All those things are there. You can just pass it on word of mouth. So we got those things. So, Wade, a couple more things that I want to talk about before we jump out of here. Defensive wasn't all amazing. I know this has been a very positive show, and I'm thankful for that. But the tackling was a major concern. So let's listen to Kyle Shanahan. Then I want to hear your thoughts on the tackling of the 49ers defense. Um, I mean, I thought, you know, just looking at it live, um, I thought we missed way too many tackles today, which, you know, and they got, give them credit. They got a bunch of guys that are hard to tackle. I mean, obviously their quarterback is as tough as it gets, but um, they're skill players. You know, they all can run. They're fast. They're back. Uh, they, they got a bunch of guys who create that stuff, but um, it, was, it was disappointing on the missed tackles. Um you know, always when you add in the running element of a quarterback, that gets some too. Um, but we definitely didn't play the run good enough today, which I think was pretty obvious. But, you know, we came here with one thing on our mind, and, and that was to get a win. And that's what we got done. And now we got to make sure to clean that stuff up. 
Yeah, that's huge. And, you know, plugged in right here. We had missed tackles on every level. So, Wade, what are your thoughts on this, man? The missed tackles are an issue. 16. Um, 16 missed tackles. That's Joe Montana tackles. Uh, I'm not sure if this was the highest game, but I think it was. I think this was the game with the most missed tackles. I think previously it was 14. So, yeah, 16 missed tackles um, in this game. You know, like, the missed tackles wouldn't have even... I'm more I'm more upset that they gave up the explosive plays on the ground. I know that sounds weird because a lot and those explosive plays were missed tackles, but there were also other missed tackles, right? That didn't give up explosives. But you know, when you talk about the run game, the Niners predicate themselves on stopping the run. And when you get two runs for over 40 yards apiece, that's the issue. So when you look at their run game, you'd be like, if you take away those two explosives, you take away Connors 44, you take away uh, uh, Amari DiMarcado's 49, which is the, the, the worst one. That was the last one, right? You take those away, they don't even rush for close to over 100 yards. Mm. And so, like, you, like it, the Niners, got, but, but in order to do that, you got to tackle. So you got to get the tackling back in there. Fred Warner talked about, you know, just getting back to the fundamentals and and things like that. And why are we trying to get to the fundamentals week 15? Like, I don't get it. I, I don't understand it. I don't know if players are, are, are uh, you know, overcompensating. I don't know. Like, but they got to definitely be better. They got to get those missed tackles. It's like the defense, worst part of the defense were the missed tackles. Other than that, they made plays. They got turnovers. They got third uh, stops. They were good. They just weren't great. And now you got to play Lamar Jackson in that running team. And it's going to be tough this week. It is. It's not going to be easy. And, you know, everything that, you know, my favorite thing that Fred Warner said is, look, I have to be the standard. I have to be. And that's like my new nickname for him. I don't know if he has a nickname, but like he's the standard. He's the best in the NFL as position by a mile. Um, the best defense in the NFL. We're going to find out this week against Baltimore. But like you look at it, like he led the team in missed tackles. However, he did have six solo stops, which is that's a damn good game. Like six solo stops in one game is incredible. But he does have to play hero ball whenever guys are not stepping up around him. And the fact that you have somebody like Demetrius Flanagan Faust, who didn't have a terrible game, but like he didn't have one solo stop. Like this dude's out there for 30 snaps and had at a linebacker spot and had no solo stops. Like he's having to overcome and do a lot. Now sticking with missed tackles, T.Y. McGill had three, Fred Warner had three, Randy Gregory had two. I thought Randy Gregory had his worst game as a 49er so far. Um, I did not think that he played well. Zero solo stops. Yeah. Gibson. He almost got Nick Bosa hurt. He sure did, man. He took out two players, uh, two plays in a row, and they both were Niners players. (laughs) And it was just like, Randy Gregory, come on, man. Like, calm down. Tayshawn Gibson, two missed tackles. D. Winters, one. Embry Thomas, one. Demo, one. Greenlaw, one. And Greenlaw's one was bad. Uh, That was the huge touchdown run. He was right where he should have been. But... Um, he just missed it. Bosa won, Farrell won. So it was a lot. It was a collective effort. But whenever you went, and that's the thing, like when the defense plays that bad, it gives up two hundred plus rushing yards. That's crazy. It's it's but, it's crazy. But but they, the majority of those rushing yards, you you subtract those eighty nine yards. I mean, like 
it's just a, it was explosives, man. Yeah. And then it was explosives when they should have been tackled for losses. I think that's the issue, right? Like you rap and tackle those guys behind the line of scrimmage, boom, you Gucci. <laughs> like I don't know. The Niners just got to be better, and you know, I, to to be to to throw them some slack, they were throwing everything at the 49ers they ran with everybody like i think my grandma had to run like everybody that can run the ball ran the ball look james connor 14 for 86 kyla murray six for 49 that was the issue amari uh the mercado four for 64 michael carter <laughs> they picked him up three for 27 greg dorch now they get into the wide receiver even clayton toon had a rush for zero yards yeah they were running it. And that and I said, like in the game plan with you, like when we were talking about it on Friday in my previous show, I was like, look, they're going to try to run the ball. That's what they need to do. That's their whole thing. And they did that. And they do have a lot of shifty players. But the 49ers got to be better. I don't care how good they are. You played a lot of shifty players this week, too. Zay Flowers, Lamar Jackson. I mean, they've got guys. They're running back. They're stud young running back. He's out for the year. Keaton Mitchell, which sucks. Uh, but you got to go do what you got to do. You know what I mean? And so I, I'll say that. Like, the 49ers are going to be okay. You're going to get some of those guys back. you got extra days rest now. Let's just take care of business. That's what we got on the horizon, which I'm excited about. So, man, this has been a blast. And I, I really do appreciate Oh, there's a couple more questions I forgot I had started. I got to get to. Uh, Mark, he says, any thoughts on bringing in a veteran punt returner? Number 10, giving me heart attacks. Wayne, this year guy, and I every time I, I like talking to you about it because it kind of brings me back down to where I think I should be. Ronnie Bell, ah, it could have been the biggest play of the game, but it wasn't. Yeah, yeah it, it could have been. Um, luckily, two out of three weeks we've said that, I think. Well, I mean, the other one went out of bounds, so I don't, I don't know. Like, it's not like he muffed it in bounds, the ball was kicked out of bounds, and it went through his hand and it went out of bounds. This one, he actually filled it, I thought, fine. And he tried to make a play. And yeah. going down to the ground, the ball came out. But luckily, he got his forearm down. So, look, people are nervous about Ronnie Bell. They're nervous about the number 10. I don't know what to say. Because yeah. if Kyle's going to use him, then he uses him. If Kyle is nervous, then he won't be back there. So we just have to wait and see what happens um, next week. Not one has led to a turnover yet by him. So... Yeah, I mean, I'm, but I mean, you said yet, yeah. so like, I I sense the doubt, like, you know what I mean, and and that's fine. I mean, the rookie goes back there, is gonna make plays, not the best, um, as a returner, but an option. So maybe Kyle goes with a different option this week. I would got a like bunch to, of wide receivers there. I would like to. My whole thing as a coach was, look, man, who's the most experienced, trustworthy? I don't care about the play making i care about taking whatever like that's my thing like a rookie punt returner is an oxymoron to me that's not a ronnie bell thing i'm super high on ronnie bell i am so high i would love for him to return kickoffs i yeah. do not want him returning punts it's just a whole different animal but kyle seems to be like all right cool um and i want to end on this oscar he says please donate to your local food bank or pantry canned foods are best they don't expire uh used to work for the la food bank it's huge uh especially during the holidays this is usually where families are kind of low on money um tough time of year so any way that you can give in any way shape or form please do it my wife's working at food bank all day today that's that's her job so she she's over there working so uh just go help people spread the generosity as always and i love this community man always bringing up other people i freaking love it here man so awesome. wade with that take us away god this has been funny i can't believe it's been an hour 
It, it has. Guys, listen, happy holidays to everybody out there. Please enjoy this time with your loved ones, your family, uh, and just have a great time. Have a great time during the day and get ready for some 49er football during that night. Because I can tell you right now, it's going to be a thriller in Manila on Christmas night. <laughs> Woo! Two banging defenses. I love to see it, man. Till the next time, in the words of John, stay strong, faithful! Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.